Welcome to For the Water Cooler, the podcast that lets you sneak away from your desk to chat with your favorite coworkers. That would be Caroline Darney and myself, Hello. Matt Scalisi. We're uh, we're doing a new thing here. This has been long in the works, um, and you know we started talking about this in the spring, and Caroline, you know, had this like sort of. Um, what do we want to call this? You went backpacking through Europe, basically, right? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, no, I, I did have a backpack. Yes. Yeah, so let's let's go with that. No, I did a, a, a three week European vacation. Um, yeah, that's very exciting. We're going to we're going to talk about it in a second. But yeah, that but I mean, I mean look, it delayed we, things a smidge. We, yeah, we would have we you would have had this in your in your ears about three weeks sooner if I had yeah. not done would that have, so we have kicked good. off the summer movie season which is yes. part of what we're going to talk about today yes. but just before we get into everything we want to tell you a little bit about what this podcast is and why it exists and why we're doing it uh basically we at for the win are getting you know we're, we're, we're becoming a destination for pop culture content as, as well as we are for sports content and and things about the internet and all the other kind of fun stuff that you read at for the win and we felt like this would be a good opportunity to bring you some personality, bring you some some discussion about pop culture. And this is what Caroline and I do anyway. We just do yes. it on Slack most of the time. And like most people in the 2020s, we decided to put microphones in front of us and <laughs> let you guys listen to it too. This is the first ever podcast about pop culture, which is exciting. Yes, so, amazing. <laughs> this is the very first one. People have we, never heard anyone talk about <laughs> pop culture ever before. This is a first. I'm very excited. No, uh, it's going to be fun. It's just stuff that, like you said, we talk about all the time. We like to have fun with it. We've got a few fun. We'll have fun guests for you. We'll have fun segments for you. We're going to do some of that today with our first episode. Um, we're going to talk about movies and TV and music and just stuff people are talking about. Um, and it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a place you can check in every Wednesday and it'll be, yeah, let's have a good time with it. We will have a good time. It, you, yeah. you and I, you and I have only met in person once yes. ever, Caroline. Yes. In the beautiful was- state of Alabama. And we had a <laughs> lovely breakfast. I'm not even being sarcastic about any of no, that. It was great. <laughs> it was delicious i still have dreams about the biscuit i had um yeah so it's fun for us because as co-workers who have met just once <laughs> we get to actually hang out each week and chat about stuff that um we usually just do over text so and you guys are invited to hang out with us that's the idea here is that we are we are hanging out in the office getting away from work and chatting about the stuff that co-workers chat about but first our, our first topic that i want to chat with you about caroline is while you were away yes on this on this magical journey through (laughs) europe i want to know how sort of disconnected because i know look it's 2023 we all still have phones they work in europe i I assume you could stream a lot of stuff over there but did you feel like you were missing stuff in terms of like pop culture while you were 100 I decided, well, it was, so I went for a friend's wedding, um, which was why I went when I went. And then I stayed a couple extra weeks. So I'm very much in the, once you, if I'm taking a flight to go to Europe, I'm like, I'm going to get the most out of it rather than just like two days and come back or whatever. And, uh, I went the Memorial Day weekend was the first weekend I was there. 
the Sunday of that weekend was the succession finale. <laughs> and then the following Tuesday, I guess would be, uh, was the Ted Lasso finale. And so I had watched all season of all of these shows, three seasons, four seasons, depending on which one you're talking about. And I don't think Ted Lasso was a series finale. We can chat about that at length other times. Well, today. I'm what? sure that we will get yeah. into Yeah, <laughs> like I think there's a show. spinoff coming, but Ted Lasso, as we know it, was series finale in quote unquote. And uh, so I did do the VPN Express, the Express VPN. That was primarily for some sport, sporty things uh, with UVA was playing in the uh, men's lacrosse semifinals and then in the College World Series or the um, regional and super regional. Um, but it also worked so I could get, um, I downloaded Ted Lasso while I was over there. So I did watch that like the night that it, it dropped or the morning or whatever it was, cried in bed watching it. And I think I was in Venice at that point and it was like you know, whatever, 7 a.m. there. Um, and then, uh, but because of various things, I don't have my HBO Max set up on my iPad. <laughs> so I have to wait and try and avoid um, all of the succession spoilers until I made it back. And I, I think I did a relatively successful job of that. Um, but watched the finale a couple days ago when I got back. So yeah, it was a weird time to decide to do that, but... Yeah. So did did you feel like because I know you're you're a Twitter person. I we're am. both we're both Twitter people. Very unfortunately yes. unfortunately <laughs> or fortunately, that's just how it is. We can, we're not it's not gonna change. The the you know, the like the flow of the conversation is different on yeah. Twitter depending on the time of day. You know, like if I wake up in the middle of the night at two AM, I'm not saying that's ever happened and checks Twitter. <laughs> Hypothetically. It's very different on there at that time yeah. of day. So so how was that? How was it? How was it sort of being on a different timeline than the continental US when you're checking Twitter? Yeah, in that morning chunk, usually it's also really funny to me because you see when which of your friends are early risers, like <laughs> because it'll be like lunchtime over there and you're six hours ahead and you'll start getting a couple likes on things or you'll see tweets start, start popular. You're like, oh, you get up at like 530. Okay, like you're an early. All right. Um, yeah, I'm going to need but... a list of those because I need to I need to know which of your friends to put on a watch list if they get up at 530 and checking Twitter. I was Twitter. like, y'all need to chill. This is too yeah. early for this. I'm not a morning person. Um, but yeah, it was weird. Like when I would get up and do stuff in the morning, go exploring in the morning, I just had to, you know, I just wouldn't check Twitter. Like what? And people were like, why are you checking Twitter on vacation? Like, look, listen, you know what? Sometimes I just like to check in and see how it's just, you know, if I'm sitting down for a cappuccino, like, you know, peruse peruse the timeline see what's happening you know whatever if we um, could if we could not check twitter yeah don't you think we wouldn't be doing yeah. it you know if freeing <laughs> that would be it'd be amazing <laughs> um but yeah it was a weird it was also weird because i was walking around there was a brief moment in i would think i was in um graz austria and i almost went to see spider-man uh, that would have been cool in a in a European theater. Yeah, what do, I what thought do they about even it. Do over there, do they it boo was and a, hiss at the I know. Like I was like, <laughs> I, who knows what snacks do they have? You know, like I was very. Yeah. But it was something around when the timing of the English version was like didn't line up with what I had, wow. and then like because I was like, oh, I'll go because it's supposed to rain this afternoon. They didn't have like any. That was one of the things I noticed is like there weren't a lot of like afternoon showings any of the places that like where I thought about. 
Um, but it is definitely entertaining to walk because you see all the same posters. Like obviously, like these movies all release in Europe. This is not some sure. groundbreaking thing. But like, oh my goodness, I saw a Transformers poster. But like when you see Transformers: Rise of the Beast and like check and <laughs> and so this you're is, like, I know what that says, but that I would never have picked that out. This has never occurred to me before. But are they dubs or subs over there? Are, are they depends. watching? So, I think so, there's um. So I think there are some that are dubbed and then there's some that say like in standard language or whatever it was that I think are um, subtitled. So I think that you have any of the, the so whatever the language of the real origin country and then they have it um, subtitled with the local, I think is how I, that's how I deciphered it from the websites that were also Google Translate for me. We actually recorded Nicole Kidman doing that, that, uh, pre-movie <laughs> thing in every single language. It, they, she did it over 200 times. Did you really? No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like, didn't they say that about um, Dave Bautista, for, or no, um, Ben Diesel for I Am Groot? That he, like, Amazing. And, I he would, was, and he was like, yes. no, that's not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> would not surprise me if Ben yeah. talked them into paying him per language to do yeah. to say I Am Groot. Um. So, so listen. This would. This is my other my other question for you about your European adventure. If if there is, was there any like cultural thing? And I don't mean I don't mean like actual uh, enriching local <laughs> culture. I mean like pop culture sort of thing that you experienced in Europe that you would steal and bring back to America that we should have pop culture thing. And I don't feel bad about that because. Europeans have been the colonizers for, for thousands of years. We can steal things from them. We can take something. As a former colony. Um, pop culture is, I thought you were going to be like, I was like, I would bring the train system back, but that's I mean, not really. Yeah. Did you, I mean, trains, I'm sure, are great. Are you, did you did you like watch European TV or anything? No. So this is the thing. Like that's where this is difficult. I listen to a little bit of just radio walking around, and you and you get some. Oh, that sounds awesome! I would yeah, love to listen to because because a lot of it too. When when I go, I I literally in I don't think I turned on a TV in a single hotel room I was in, and the only time I watched anything was like if I had downloaded something to watch on a long train ride or something like that, that I watched on my iPad from like Netflix. And so there wasn't really anything that like I consumed that way, but, and I took very few um, like Uber or bolt is their Uber in the couple places that <laughs> I used it. Um, but there was like some really great, it was a lot of like techno mixes, like in the, in the Uber sure. and the bolt on the way. When exactly I, I what to, I would expect. Absolutely. I went House to music. I went to the zoo <laughs> in uh, Prague <laughs> Which is like my bumping, bumping house music, <laughs> just bumping house music on the way into the zoo. Um, I highly recommend though, if you do go somewhere and they've got a good zoo, if you go to, if you go to Prague, go to the zoo. I'm telling you, it was great. Um, I did worry a little bit. They had one of those like sky tram things, but it was just one seat. So it wasn't like benches or like ski lift type thing. And they put, or they don't even do it. You sit down and then you have to like secure yourself, but secure is a very loose term. Is it like a bucket? which is about as loose as the little like one chain that I like stretched across my lap at the seat that was taking me up this like cliff side. You're sitting in like basically a Ferris wheel bucket. No, it's just one seat. 
You don't it's like those seats? It's just a seat. Yeah. Like I think of the ride at there's a ride at Bush Gardens where like you sit in a seat and you like put this little metal bar down. Yeah, and sure. it's like the swings that swing you around. Whatever. Oh my it's god, that's those. terrifying! Like a little plastic it's yellow just, seat. It, it's just literally like uh, like an elementary school chair on chains. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have some netting under you. I'm sure that would have been. <laughs> um, and luckily, I paid to use it, so that's cool. It was like 180. Uh, which was very uh, cheap. So <laughs> I got there and I like Googled the first thing when I was doing the conversion rates for um, Czech Republic and it, and it was like, you know, I looked whatever the Uber was. And I was like, Oh, a hundred something. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's like $6. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my 40, my 40 minute Uber ride to the airport in Prague um, what ended up being like $14, which was cheaper than the, eight minute ride I took from the King street Metro station to where I had parked my car when I got back to Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Look, so, they've got, they've got transportation on us, man. There's no question. <laughs> they got us. So, all right. Well, so look, while you've been gone, we, we've had the beginning of our summer movie season here in America. Yeah. It's been a weird summer. It, there's been, there's been some big hits for sure. There's also been some really surprising busts and flops at the summer movie season um and it's it's kind of like nobody really seems to be able to figure out what the what the pattern is what the formula is (laughs) nobody can figure out how to get people to the theaters but sometimes people are showing up anyway oh sorry that you weren't i mean (laughs) top gun certainly look we know that that worked last year. But you we know, re-release Maverick. <laughs> How much money would it make? Right. I mean, I think a lot of people were thinking Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three was going to end up being a big bust. It's actually doing fine. It's yeah. about to. It's about to hit three hundred fifty million dollars. Um, you know, tra- the the new Transformers movie. I don't really know anybody that's into those. It did surprisingly well. Yeah. Little Mermaid obviously did well. Spider Verse has done really well, but you look at some other stuff that I think people were really banking on being big hits, uh, particularly this past weekend. And it's been huge disappointments. Pixar had its lowest opening, I think ever for elemental, it's new movie, which uh, only made about $29 million this weekend. That's extremely low for, for a Pixar Is that movie. Their first Pixar in the theater since like, um, was turning red Pixar. Turning Red and was like Pixar. Luca, and Luca was Pixar. Right. So and those Pixar were straight to Disney. I wonder because obviously there's been other Disney things that have come out. Because that's what I mean. I'm not super surprised. Like I, I just like I think we talked about this before we started recording. But like the marketing for Elemental, I think you said didn't quite line up with what you saw. So part of me is like I just it wasn't one that necessarily like screamed you have to come in and see this right away type thing to me but i loved i think like this is where some of the streaming stuff where people are like oh it'll be streaming soon because mario brothers was different because there's a lot of different stuff that that what that they knew like where was mario brothers going to come straight to streaming right away you know what i mean I like think that's the main i honestly i think that's probably the single biggest thing right there is, yeah because yes Pixar has had one other movie open in theaters since the pandemic. It was the Buzz Lightyear movie last I year, like and it, it, it did. It didn't. No, well, it it bombed also, and and yeah. I, you know, the last couple of Disney animated movies, non Pixar Disney animated movies, have also struggled a little bit. Yeah, and yes, a lot of people seem to think that 
the, the, the cause of this is that parents have become trained to know that these movies are going to come out on Disney Plus. And so it's a, it's really a question yeah. of, do you want to pay a bunch of money to take your kids to a movie theater? Right. Uh, for something that is because it's become for this is the battle with I, I don't want movie theaters to go away. I love going to the I'm theater. with you, Caroline. I'm, I'm an Alamo Draft House person. obsessed. Like I've got the like the pass. And I just am like, I don't want because it's also as someone like it's not cost effective for me to rent or buy a movie at home for nineteen ninety nine, which is what they're doing over the pandemic, where it was like straight home, you know, video on demand, whatever. Yeah. Because if I'm watching that once, that's absurd. Like that's what I pay for an entire month of Alamo draft pass. <laughs> um, so it's just, as, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I, I have a, here, here's, here's my feeling about it. Cause I, I definitely understand. And I've talked to some other parents. I have two kids, by the way, myself, I've talked to some other parents about this whole thing and they say, look, it's really expensive to take a family of four to the movies. It's, right. it's you know, it's probably upwards of 50 bucks. And I totally get that. It is expensive. And also for a lot of people, I mean, Alamo Draft House is cool. Uh, if you live in the middle of the country where I do and in somewhere like Alabama, what we really have is we have a bunch of like AMC chain yeah. theaters and they're very minimally staffed. You go in there, there's maybe three people working. Yeah. No, no disrespect to those folks whatsoever. They are busting it. Um but they don't put a lot of resources into these places. They, they, yeah. it, is not, it is not a great experience to go to the theater. If you're really lucky, you maybe have a local independent theater you can go to. We have one here in Birmingham called the Sidewalk Theater that, that I've tried to take my kids to as much as I can. But for the most part, you know, you're paying kind of a lot of money. You're not really getting that much of an upgrade. But that, that said, even after saying all of this, for me... It's still worth it because I'm just a guy who loves to, when I'm watching a movie, I like it to completely block yeah. the entire world out. I want my all of my vision to be filled with picture <laughs> yes. and my ears to be overwhelmed by sound and I want it to be dark <laughs> and I don't want to look at my phone. I want to feel, want, yeah. I want yeah, there to yeah. be like social pressure for me to not look at my phone. Yes, I'm so bad. I, as someone who just like watched all of the Mission Impossibles this weekend, um, a great way to spend a week. Great. In my defense, I had the post travel, and there's no one's going to feel bad for me at all. Like, oh no, you travel for three weeks, you got a cold on the way home. <laughs> like, oh, you know, like whatever. But I had the post travel in like the Virginia um, allergies. Oh my god, back with a vengeance. But I, I stopped and started and got distracted by the dogs and like t- you know, and so it that's happens. a very different experience than watching it like where I'm going to be able to watch yeah. Tom Cruise ride a motorcycle off a cliff. And in a few and I, weeks, I, yeah, like I'm not even being a snob about it and saying like, oh, the cinema, we must present yes, like we must. <laughs> it's just about me. I, I want when I watch a movie, it like does something good for my yeah. brain to n- not think about anything except the movie until the movie's over. Yeah. I feel like I've had a little mini vacation in my head. And, um, you know, so so I am I am a big pro theater person. I hope that Disney figures out how to get people to take their kids back to movies. Cause I think it's, yeah. I, it's something I've always tried to do with my kids. Cause I think yeah. for the same reason, it's, it's an experience for your brain. It's different than just sitting in your living room. I, I'm curious what, cause I get it. There's a lot of stuff where it's like the retreads, 
the live actions. I like the live yeah. actions. I, I haven't seen, so I have my list now of like ones that I need. I need to go see Across the Spider Verse. I need to go see Little Mermaid. I need to go see a few of those that came out while I was gone that I'm excited to go and actually have a chance to sit and watch in the theater. I'm stoked about. Um, like we so I'm going to go see Indiana Jones in a couple weeks or next week or whatever it is, and then you've got um, any number of the uh, what Mission Impossible going into them Barbie and Oppenheimer, yeah. like you know there's those a, are and those will left. yeah, and I think those will do numbers. I'm very curious to watch how this goes with the how many screens Barbie will get because the Tom Cruise versus oppenheimer battle that's happening right now with the like like the premiere screens which is i think why and i haven't seen it yet i think that's why barbie showings aren't for sale yet like you cannot buy tickets to go see barbie yet but you can buy tickets to go see oppenheimer at least in like the alamo like app that i have etc etc but all i'll say is like what can i'm just curious to see what are some of these especially to get families back in the theater what is the what is the story that's going to be told well, the only thing we can point to right now, right? There's two there's two family movies this year that have been huge successes. It's Mario Brothers and yep. Spider-Verse. And and yep. it's not real hard to investigate why those did well, I guess, yep. because it's because it's Mario and it's Spider-Man, two of the most popular characters in the world. But, you know, I, I do think a lot of it has to do with the fact that unlike these Disney and Pixar movies, there there isn't an easy answer to when will I be able right. to see You're not, it's not going to land anywhere theaters. in a month that you right. know it's going to land and is going to I be, mean it probably yeah. will but people don't automatically assume that it will and I right. think that makes them more likely to go see it in the theater but you know what will be landing on Disney plus today when you are listening to this folks is the latest Marvel show that's right I'm so excited about Secret Invasion. Um, that was like, I feel like it snuck up on me a little bit. <laughs> Will, I haven't done any rewatch stuff. I haven't done any of the prep I would usually do. I, I'm a huge dork, folks. We yet, will but. definitely be talking about Secret Invasion next week on the podcast after we have seen an episode, maybe more episodes. Than yeah, one. I don't we'll even see. know how many were released. Well, I don't know. I think they're only releasing one, but you know, we as as people in the in the media industry, we might be uh, might. given the privilege to see more than one. We have to be vetted by Mickey personally. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to do background checks <laughs> and make some calls and see. Yeah, if we... yeah, I'm scrubbing my feed really quick to get rid of all the complaints <laughs> I've made about the recent Marvel movies. <laughs> all right. This is super exciting. Our first episode, first guest segment. We had to bring in the big guns for the very first episode. Um, so we are so happy to be joined by Mike Golick Jr. Mike, how are you? How are things? How's life? Guys, honored to be guest one on show one here. Uh, it'll only get better from here, people listening <laughs> to this, despite what Caroline just said. They will have better guests. They will have better hairlines, but hopefully I can say decent words. Yeah, we reached out to a few people, and they all said no, um, and Mike was on his <laughs> Hey, Caroline, that's been the story of my entire life, especially in athletics. The best ability is availability. You might want someone better, but I am affordable and unfortunately perennially here right now. So that is how I get into a lot of situations. This thing It's a a money ball move. (laughs) Exactly. We we brainstormed and to be fair, you were choice number one, your text number one. So don't let us 
bring your self-esteem down. That's not what we want to do here for the water cooler. Um, I do have one question to kick off before we really get into it. Um, with the succession finale and back half of the succession season, have you seen SEO for Gojo increase? <laughs> <as> <laughs> looking up the company that bought Waystar Royco. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? We've really had to do an elaborate PR campaign on our part to let everyone know that we are not, in fact, some like bloodthirsty. I haven't been mailing bricks of my blood to anyone is basically what I want to try and get out there. So we are having to really wash our image publicly uh, after that. There's I also didn't know this. I'm pretty deep. I wouldn't say pretty deep. I am a player in the Japanese anime scene, and there's apparently a very popular anime um, slash manga w- called Gojo. So those are the ones that I have to contend with is the succession Gojo and then this anime Gojo. Like anytime I wake up and see Gojo tw- trending, it is 100% because new manga has dropped for this particular uh, comic. Do you ever have the moment where you panic or you're like, did I say something stupid on the last episode? And now everyone. <laughs> oh, I live in, I think I'm like anyone else who's grown up online. I have a perennial fear of waking up trending. I think it's the worst internet thing that can happen to you. Like I live on the West coast now. So I wake up every morning to 70 missed text messages and someone from the East coast that wants something for me right away. Like at five 30 Pacific, that's yeah, the internet that. version of that where <laughs> now all of a sudden everybody wants something from you. And in usually that case, it's an apology. It, it's also, the, there, there's this weird, there's this weird element of the, this kind of transition from radio into podcasting where, there, there are there are all these guys who talked for three, four hours a day every day for years, and like nobody. I mean, if you said it once, and nobody would ever hear it again. And now every single thing you ever say can be re-listened to and clipped and posted on Twitter. So there's there there's like this new level of consideration, I guess, for what people in the audio production world have to do as their daily job, right? Well, and it's weird because with radio or television, you have the element of it being live. So in theory, that should be the much riskier proposition because you get one shot at it and it's out there. There's nothing you can do. Podcast, in theory, you can edit it. You can clip stuff out. But the difference is what you mentioned. And I've always noticed this in how you have to present things like we always say, meet people where they are based on which social platform, which audio platform, what makes it to Twitter is always the most precarious portion of this. Cause you could say <laughs> something in long form that has context and has all these things behind it. But the clip that makes it to Twitter is usually what people in our industry are going to eat. And then what the general public's going to respond to. And even with that, it's really only the caption because they're not going to listen to your video. That's just fools, Aaron, right there, expecting them to do that. It's it's definitely it's definitely infuriating for anybody who's been clipped like that. I'm I'm probably been the clipper more often than the clippy, but but I, I can remember early in my career uh, that there was a, a a mistake in a in a media guide that was particularly funny. And I wrote a story about it as a young as a young journalist. And I can just remember the like absolute exhaust from the from the SID calling me going like man I spent like three months putting this entire media guide together it's like 2,000 pages and you find the one typo and that's the biggest story from it there was the near the ACC media guide that had the like FTS whatever F this 
Oh yeah. <laughs> like, page one sixty seven or something. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like, that, to me, that person. falls under the no bad publicity thing too. It's like no one was gonna pay attention to your media guide more often than not anyway. That's right. So. <laughs> now everyone's combing them forever to find the funniest possible typos. <laughs> Well, Mike, so one thing we're trying to do on this podcast with our guests is I'm I'm I, I haven't cleared this with Caroline. I'm calling it pop culture potluck. OK, so we're, we're going to ask our guests to bring something to the party that is their favorite pop culture item to talk about with us. And we, we gave you a heads up about this and you you told us what it is that you want to talk about today. And I'm I'm very anxious to get into it because I will say. This is not a dish that I partake of very often, let's say, but I, but I obviously, I am friends with many women um, and, and just, and just all people who are very into this. Let's, let's, uh, why don't you tell us what you wanted to bring today? Yeah. And honestly, like, I, I, I understand the hesitance to just say like, oh, it's a for women thing, but it'll make no, sense. So I, I brought I'm the Taylor done. Sp- I'm already done. There, there are. That's getting clipped that. now that they're well, all coming for him now. <laughs> I will, I will give you the context that will save you for the podcast audience. So I am bringing the Taylor Swift Eras Tour to the party, the hottest summer concert ticket, really concert ticket going back to, you know, I think February or March when it started in, uh, in Glendale, Arizona. But to your point about the demographic breakdown of this, so I got to go see the Eras concert in Vegas. It was the third show that he had uh, she had done. And when I went there, I – Got fortunate. I had good seats. I was going down to the floor. It was at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, and I was trying to manage my bathroom trip. I talked to Nora Princiati over at The Ringer, who hosts every single album, Taylor Swift, with Nathan Hubbard, and she said, my best advice would be to manage your fluid intake because it's a three-plus-hour show. It's 44-some-odd songs. You're not going to want this to be a thing that interrupts your good time. And so... I went to go to the bathroom after popping a few road sodas and I looked around down on that floor and I went to where the men's bathroom was and it had been converted into a women's bathroom. And I looked (laughs) at the security guy and I was like, are there any guys bathrooms? He goes, there was one in like the Raiders silver and black club. But other than that, they had converted every bathroom on that floor to a women's bathroom. And I looked around the crowd and I'm like, it's hard to blame them. Like they're, they're playing the <laughs> yep. math and the math was mathing there. So you weren't yeah. far off in that. <laughs> I've been to a couple of shows that were like, I think it was a new kids on the block backstreet boys concert that I saw in like 2011. <laughs> uh, somewhere in there in yeah. Seattle area, Tacoma, at the Tacoma Dome, they had uh, converted a lot of the men's rooms into ladies' rooms. My, my closest, as well. my closest experience to anything like this would would be that in 1998, uh, I my my sister, who's one year younger than me, was a huge Backstreet Boys fan, uh, and and she asked my parents if she and her friends could all go to a Backstreet Boys show, and they said you can go if your brother goes with you. And so I agreed, to, I agreed to go because because she had a lot of cute friends that she was going to this show with. And I show up and of course, that it's like it's like, you know, 10,000 screaming girls with zero eyeballs aimed at me whatsoever. So it was so, so it was I was really just I was really just there to witness this. Well, and I mean, a Backstreet Boys concert, which is awesome. So yeah. that part insanely. They jealous. were great. They delivered. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, those, Mike, those guys get it. One of the things that has struck me about watching, not just like, I've watched, I've found a lot of Taylor TikToks on the Eras tour. We've heard about, you know, people are making friendship bracelets. I know you had an experience with that in the elevator, but there was a guy, so they, she just played Pittsburgh two nights and there was a gentleman who worked the event who had this great series. Have you seen these, Mike? Did I send them to you or have you seen them separately? And you he was one. just obsessed with not just the performance. And I think that's a lot of like, people think Taylor Swift is just the, the woman who writes breakup songs. She just writes, you know, these like sappy, whatever. And they think of the tears on my guitar or, you know, breakup song. Yeah. Yeah. But the discography and her influence has just been, we don't have time or whatever to get into how awesome Taylor Swift is. That's a whole nother discussion. But, um, but he said like, it was the best show he's ever seen. This was like a probably, 50 something year old man who worked at Allegiant stadium. Um, and that not only that, but the vibes were just so good at the show. And that's something I've heard consistently that like, can you speak to the vibes? And I know, and like, if you want to share the, the, you know, elevator scene that you had, but like what the experience is like and why she's getting so much love for the way she's doing this tour, like why people are so obsessed with it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And to the point we were talking about earlier, vibe-wise, I'll, I'll give one other recollection before mine. Charlotte Wilder, a friend of mine uh, who obviously does some yeah. work over with DraftKings and Meadowlark uh, now, as well as the work she, she had done at Fox, she went, I think, at MetLife, and she said it was the safest she had felt at any yeah. concert that she had ever been to. And I do think there's something to be said for that, an environment where especially, like you, like you brought up before, women can go and feel safe. Like there's not something that they've got to worry about lurking yeah. around the corner, which is a probably larger societal <laughs> issue. But the, the vibes, I think with any incredibly devoted fan base – there's a lot of things that can be true at once. And for the Swifties, incredibly passionate fan base online, you know, people have had run-ins with them that can sometimes be a little bit hairy, but in general, uh, what I've said is an incredibly like welcoming and warm group and vibe live. So when I went and saw the show in Vegas, this was during March madness. So you could go right from the Delano across the bridge to Allegiant stadium. And so you had this weird confluence of, degenerate gamblers inside the sports book <laughs> all wearing like old basketball jerseys merging with a group of 10,000 women all wearing like variations of sequins that were ready to go yes. and so i looked much more like the former than the latter as i'm coming down in the elevator i'm dressed in flannel if i had to assign an era i probably would have been folklore evermore and <laughs> yeah. right. i'm coming You're down right. this you know picking up what i'm putting down but i'm yeah. going down the elevator and a group of uh, women come in the elevator all wearing matching sequins blazers and they're very clearly going to the concert i'm like man i feel underdressed now and they laughed they did the surprise that usually everyone does when they find out I'm Taylor Swift tangent. And they're like, you're going to this concert. I'm like, yes, I am. And so one of them reached down, plucked off the friendship bracelet that, uh, you know, background for anyone that's unaware in this tour, um, the 
track fives are big in Taylor Swift folklore and the track five off of Midnight's is a song called You're On Your Own Kid. And there's a lyric, it's sort of a throwaway towards the end in the bridge that says, so make the friendship bracelets, take this moment and taste it. And so everyone on this tour has taken to making friendship bracelets that have different Taylor Swift inside jokes or lyrics or sayings. And so the uh, one of the women in the elevator reached down, took off the friendship bracelet, handed it to me, and was like, all right, there you go. Now your outfit's a little bit more spruced up. We saw that same group down near our seats in the concert with my brother, who is in no way a Swifty going into the concert, really, you know, knew of her music, but came along for the vibes with our family. They gave him a friendship bracelet and combined with what went on during that concert. My brother left that show, someone who fully drank the Kool-Aid too. So it's an environment that is the perfect place for a convert. If you are someone that's only kind of familiar and you had a chance to get to this show, there's a good chance you leave on the other side of a lever. So wholesome. I I may or may not have just put my email in to register for for the year, I did not get tickets for the state side. Uh, I had friends that went to one of the MetLife um, shows, and that was when I was gone for my friend's wedding. And actually, the two of them just drove to Pittsburgh to see night two. <laughs> and I was like, uh, now I'm full of the, I have like the most FOMO for not having tickets. So as we were talking, I, she just released her European tour date. So um you haven't lived though until you've seen Flava Flav with an armful of friendship bracelets at a Taylor Swift concert exchanging these bracelets with like teens who probably have never seen an episode of Flavor of Love for sure. Um, but yeah, like it was, it's uh, it's been such a fun vibe to follow and people that are taking off the secret songs and you know, oh yeah, obsessively That's- following that. It's it really is. You mentioned Swift Talk has been a fountain of content of yes. people getting to live through the at every show. She does two secret songs that are acoustics of songs that aren't normally a part of a set list that, again, is 44 songs long that spans 10 albums. So there's a lot of cuts, especially from the early yeah. shows that have to get made. And that tends to be where the secret songs go. Yeah. Mike, I, I, I the, the, the amount of of Taylor Swift content I get as a person who's not really even an active fan on TikTok is incredible. I mean, like it, it's, it, it's, it's just that ubiquitous that it's still getting served to me anyway. And the one thing that really sticks out to me from seeing these shows is the, the like technical setup, the screens and the stage and all this stuff. I mean, the only thing that I can compare it to that I've ever seen is a WWE show. And this seems substantially bigger than that even. I don't know if this is because you're incredibly well-researched or not, but two weeks after I went to see Taylor Swift in Vegas, I saw WrestleMania 39 at SoFi in Southern California. So you have the perfect comparison here, yeah. And I said they are remarkably similar in the experience. Honestly, ironically enough, a lot of sequins at both. Tons of sequins at WrestleMania, too. I was amazed. The only thing Taylor Swift did not have was a steel cage that was going to drop down for the Raptors, but... Maybe she um, think no. about it. Yeah, consider it. That was about the only like element she didn't have there. Like to that point, both incredibly intentional, right? That's the biggest word I walked away from Taylor Swift's show is is it is three hours and fifteen minutes where your eyes and ears always get something. 
Like you're mm-hmm. not left to your own devices very often. There's always something you're supposed to be watching, a reason she's presenting this era the way that she is, a performance that supplements a song really well. It, it's like if a Broadway show was made about her entire career, that would be the best way to describe this. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. And so, can I just give a shout out too to her entire like backup dancers and band? Like I, I I've heard it from people in the know that the training that went into this tour was extensive and the way everyone involved had to approach this, it's a legitimate endurance sport, what they're doing. I don't know and how so she does it every night. Like, it's remarkable because Caroline, she's off stage in a three hour and 15 minute show maybe four minutes i believe it it's i mean i saw her in the 89 tour in dc at nats park and that's when i really became like a fan because I, i'd heard like whichever ones were on the radio and during deployments and this was like pre-spotify even like where unless you went out and bought albums like there wasn't a lot of like you know and the show was incredible and the thing that stood out to me the most is like and she did this some there's something like this this tour where um, when the rain came, and like they had a weather delay, she still went out there and did the entire thing and like did not, you know, cancel anything, didn't whatever. But something broke when she was on like an elevated, not super high in the sky, but like the elevated platform and they couldn't get it back down. And so rather than like, and she might've had more angry things to say backstage later about like, you know, but she was just let's roll with it. Someone handed her up a guitar. She changed things up. And like, and it was just that to me. So I was like, that's awesome. Like, she's just here. She's not going to like melt down because the production fell apart. Like Total she pro. just went for the next thing. And, and she was a, a huge star then. And she's like a mega star now. And it's, it's just been really cool to watch like the, and having cruel summer, I think is now a single four oh. years later. And we talked, we've talked about it in a group chat, but when that album came out and she had it planned to be a 2020 summer hit and then the world ended <laughs> and rather yeah. than push it and it wouldn't have been like having cruel summer be a song during the pandemic does not, you know, not a good choice. <laughs> yeah. I think, so they, they made the smart choice of not like pushing it as, but it became so popular now with the tour and it coming back around and being used on TikToks and like all oh, some people singing it in the bridge being the big first one you come to like all this stuff. Like it's been, it's now top 10. <laughs> oh yeah. And I mean, and she gives it the whole treatment too, when she gets to that, because the, the concert is, it follows a formula, right? To your point about her rolling yeah. with the punches there, this isn't like a living, breathing organism of a show by and large. You can go and yeah. see others where the person's going to take requests from the crowd or kind of going to change things up on the fly. <laughs> this is regimented. Oh, and yeah. so like you get to that first bridge with cruel summer that very, again, probably knew this is going to be the single released at some point yeah. where she goes, can we cross this bridge together and people lose Just their lose mind? <laughs> oh, oh man. Love it. It's the people, best. People like first episode. Are they going to just talk about Taylor Swift the entire time? Like, well, oh I, I will. I will say we're, we are going to move off of Taylor Swift. But Caroline, you gave me the perfect segue here by talking about cruel summer because uh-oh. What we're doing next is we're going to do a quick pop quiz for the two of you. I'm going to be the host. You guys are going to be the contestants. Oh god! And these <laughs> these are all summer based. I wanted to do a pop quiz for you guys about summer or vacation related movies. So we're going to do our vacation mm-hmm. movie quiz. Uh, and before we do that, I have a little jingle to start the segment. 
wait to start my podcast with you. Stuck here at home with nothing to do. Ooh. Then you went away. Had to delay. Three weeks without you and we still haven't started the podcast yet. Vacation Caroline was on one. Vacation couldn't record the pod. Vacation Caroline took so long. Wow. <laughs> so. Oh man! <laughs> recorded that in my car at midnight last night so that my <laughs> wife and children wouldn't hear me doing it. Um, <laughs> okay, so Mike, as our guest, you're going to go first. Uh, our our first question in the 1983 film National Lampoon's Vacation: Where is the family headed on their road trip? Is it Yellowstone? It is not I, Yellowstone. I, honestly, like <laughs> I was going to say, the National Lampoon movies. But just a side note, huge blind spot for me. I think wow, I've seen them really? once and then never again, and didn't really do a ton for me. Like Christmas Vacation, not canon for me. Not something I go back to wow. often. So this is uh, going to be a okay. revealing portion of the pod for me. Put that on the Man. internet, Caroline. Do you want to steal? I would like no. to. I believe it's Wally World. It is Wally World. Wow, a huge <laughs> upset in the first question. Okay, <laughs> Caroline, number two for you. And I, I now I'm wondering if this is one that Mike would have known better. Maybe I should have changed the order. In the 2006 film The Holiday, an A-list Oscar-winning actor makes a cameo appearance because he happened to be on vacation in London and wandered onto the set. Who is this actor? Oh, my God. Wait. Um, I don't remember... Have you seen The Holiday? Oh, yeah. I did a podcast on it with Alex. <laughs> well, I was going to say, the thing is, is Alex, if she, when she is listening Alex to this, know. is screaming because Alex knows the most movie trivia of any oh, person I've ever, ever met. And it's not like she's regurgitating it. It's etched on her soul. It's oh, a yeah. part of her being in a way that's the most impressive. So it's not. Okay. Um, I did not run a clock. But I should have. You should have. Um, it's not John Krasinski. It's not Edward Norton because he was supposed to be in it. No. Who is it? Oh, Mike, do you know it? Mike, do you want to see uh, No, because and you're going to learn this in this trivia thing. I'm bad at two things, trivia and remembering <laughs> actors' names. So this is a tailor-made for me to look terrible. Oh, wait, wait. Um, he, was in the, in the, uh, he was in the blockbuster um, He's in the. He is in a is block. It Dustin Hoffman. It is Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> wow. I think we have to give it to her anyway. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. He recommends okay. the. He recommends the movie. Oh man. Okay. Okay. My, I'm not. I'm not feeling great about your about your odds here. Thankfully, we're only doing five questions. Okay. In the 2017 film Girls Trip, in what city does the titular Girls Trip? take place Ooh, i've actually seen girls trip okay 
Is it New Orleans? It is New Orleans. <laughs> Big win for Mike. Let's go. You know, I figured there's only a handful of like party cities where this would happen, right? So it's like Nashville, Vegas, New Orleans. There's not that many options, but Girls Trip was actually really funny. So that yeah, for some was. reason managed to stick in my crawl. There, there is an infamous scene that takes place, I will just say, over Bourbon Street, let's say. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Caroline, you can you can mathematically eliminate Mike if you answer this question. Okay. Please do it. The, the 2004 film Euro Trip Oof, features okay. a song called Scotty Doesn't Know, sung by an A-list actor in a surprise cameo. Name the actor. It's Matt Damon. Wow, she got it. <laughs> it's one of it's one of his many Matt Damon for being an actual huge star in a lot of movies has a very impressive um cameo run. Like if you're looking he at does. He's, he's the king of cameos. Yeah, he's in the Thor ones. He's had a couple other like really oh, good, yeah, yeah really he, good he cameos. Shows up, he shows up in Interstellar. Sorry if yes. you haven't seen that movie. Yeah, which I always- was like, where did he come from? I he's I don't know why like this came up too the other day but I saw a clip from We Bought a Zoo that got turned into a sound on TikTok. What an insane movie that he made! Like what a concept! I we love bought a zoo. Too. I, I love time. I love when people get so famous that they can just do real weird stuff. <laughs> just one of the most zero f's given titles of a movie ever. We bought yeah. a zoo. Yeah. All right, Mike, I, I've got one more for you, just just for preserving some dignity here at the end. <laughs> in in 2021, Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo starred in a movie as the characters Barb and Star, who take a vacation to a beach at what location? Oh, man. <laughs> it is the title of the movie, which is why I'm not telling you the title of the movie. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> It's so it's not sandals. <laughs> it's essentially sandals. a sandals. It is not yeah. sandals, Jamaica. Uh, it's not Atlantis. Uh, hmm. I to be honest, I have no idea. It does not. All right, it's Caroline, do you know this one? I the, it's a uh, Barbara Star goat. It's like something Vista. Del Boca Vista? No. Is it Del Boca Vista? <laughs> not, no. It is not the Seinfeld retirement the Seinfeld Del Boca Reti- Vista. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is it? Something it's, Vista. It's, it's a Vista. Yeah. It is Barb um, and Star go to. Oh, Vista. Barb and Star go to Vista. <laughs> He's so, so close. close. Dude, He's so it close. wouldn't be like, wouldn't be like Vista Del Mar, would it? He got it. He got it. Mike goes out. Oh, it rhymes. <laughs> oh, man. If you haven't seen that movie, by the way, folks, anyone listening, that is one of the funniest, weirdest things I've ever seen. Oh, I'm a big Just fan. Watch it for the Jamie Dornan singing scene. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. One of it, one of the one of the most ridiculous movies that I have yes. seen in the last five years. Really yes. fun. Yeah. All right. We so look, we we I would call this pop quiz a success. Everyone got some wins. Everybody yeah. can feel good about themselves. <laughs> I don't. Alex you won't hate me now. 
I don't feel my good own, about myself after the jingle. My but. only wins came from the fact that now, because I live in Southern California, everything is like Vista Dell or Playa Dell. And so I just have a Rolodex of mildly Spanish words that can be after <laughs> Dell. Hey, uh, that's a win. A win. A win is a win. A win yeah. is a win. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, this was, this was great. Mike, thank you for sharing your, your love of Taylor Swift with us. I'm sure that our, that our audience uh, will appreciate that we, that we, we explored a lot of different territory in this episode. Did. We were, uh, we were drunk in the back of the car. We didn't cry like babies coming home from the bar. We don't want to keep secrets just to keep you all and I, Let's have a cruel summer, guys. Let's do it. I'm Man. fired up. Thanks this for having how, me. Happy to be the first funny. guest. This is how a pro ends a podcast. We have a lot to learn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. We will see you guys again next week at the Water Cooler.